Good morning. Good morning. God bless you. Thank you for joining us at Meet Me at the Crossroads Ministry. Um, I'm definitely going to open up with a prayer. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Thanking you for breath, life, health, and strength. Thanking you for clarity of mind and the activity of my limbs, Lord God. Thanking you for family. Thanking you for friends, Lord God. Thanking you for power, for restoration, for grace, for mercy, for redemption, for salvation, for peace. There are so many things that we have that we take for granted each day. But Lord, I give you acknowledgement this morning and thanking you for being the ultimate gift. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. This morning, the title of the message is called The Gift. Amen. amen. Um, that seems appropriate, especially during this Christmas season, because yesterday, everyone was involved in exchanging gifts or the majority of people that celebrate Christmas. Amen. amen. And of course, we know it's not Xmas. We have to have Christ in it. Amen. 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 So today's scripture is coming, or I should say it was inspired by an article by a pastor named Dennis Greenwich. And he wrote an article called The Wonderful Benefits of the Gift of Salvation. Amen. Amen. So when the Holy Spirit gave me that, I was led to, to look and begin to see what was written about the gift of salvation and my spirit just locked into this one <clears throat> and this article was written on may 13 2019 okay if you feel that after you hear it it's so wonderful you can go and google it yourself again it's by um, pastor dennis greenwich and it's the wonderful benefits of the gift of salvation amen we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so it's okay to expound on something that was already spoken. Amen. And the Holy Spirit just added to it. So I'm going to be using some of his stuff and mixing it with the Holy Spirit gave me. Amen? Okay. Amen. So number one, it says, when we receive this wonderful gift of salvation, the believer is accepted in the beloved. Amen. Amen. And the scripture is Ephesians 1, 4 and 6. It says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holy and without blame. That's being accepted into the beloved. We know that we are not walking in holiness 24-7 because we're in this flesh body, right? right. <clears throat> and the enemy wants to place blame on us. But when we accept the gift of salvation, we become holy and without blame through his love. Amen. Amen. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So every time... A point is made you're going to hear a scripture that highlights that fact amen because we want to base everything according to the word of god right. that's how we know it's truth amen right. it lines up with the word right. number two 
at acceptance of Christ as our Savior, we become a child of God. Amen? Amen. So John 1, 10 and 12 tells us, He was in the world, and the world was made, <clears throat> excuse me, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So when you accept him, and when you accept that gift, you therefore have the power now to become a son and a daughter of the Most High King. Isn't that awesome? Yes. That's an incredible gift. You are now in the beloved, and now you are a child of God. This makes us take on the divine nature of our Father. So in our prayer time this morning, which we do off camera, my husband brought up the fact that this world is, is wicked and the people are demonstrating a lot of conflict with one another, even the people in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. They're warring against each other according to what they believe to be the doctrine. The truth. The, amen? The doctrine of men. We believe the doctrines in the scriptures. That's what we're founded on and walking in. So now you begin to take on the nature of your father when you become a child. Second Peter 1 and 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's through the gift of salvation. That answers a lot of questions about what we're seeing, right? right? It's because they don't have that divine nature. So therefore, they haven't escaped the corruption of this world. That comes through the gift of salvation. That's how you escape the lust of this world. Amen? Amen. Which everybody seems to be partakers in instead of the divine nature of God. So go in Galatians and begin to look for that. What is God's divine nature? Amen? Amen. The fruits of his spirit. When you become the beloved, when you become his child, what nature should you be displaying at that time? Amen? Amen. You turned your back on Satan now. You're no longer his child because until you accept Jesus, guess what? Your father is the devil. Amen? Amen. There's no in between. You either serving God or you serving the enemy. My God. So at salvation, the believer is justified. Wow. Because we know that the enemy comes to place blame, right? right? He wants to condemn us with everything, every negative thought that pops in your mind. You ain't right. You ain't holy. You ain't a Christian. But God, through salvation, said now you are justified. We have an advocate with Jesus that says, yes, that's my son, right? right? That's my daughter. That's my beloved. They belong to me. Hallelujah. Romans 5, 1 and 5 says, therefore, being justified by faith. You got to believe it. Amen. Yeah. 
We come into salvation through faith. Amen. When we look in the mirror, we don't look brand new. It's a faith thing, right? We believe it by faith. We know it to be true because we know God is truth. Amen. Hallelujah. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory of God. Who's the hope of glory? Jesus Christ. Amen. The hope of glory. When we accept that gift of salvation. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Why? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. That's the fruit of the spirit, right? That long suffering. Being able to tolerate and deal with hard times because you have the hope of glory. Not saying this is going to last forever and I'm doomed. No, this too shall pass. Amen. Hallelujah. And patience, experience, experience. How many people that you know go through stuff and don't learn nothing? But when we go through it with God and with patience, we get experience. It trains us to how to handle that situation when it arises again. Amen? Amen. Experience brings hope because I've experienced him delivering it, delivering me, right? Now I have a hope, and I know that he'll do it again. You see that scripture, how it lines up? I'm glorying in the hard times because I'm patiently waiting, knowing that through this experience, God is going to show himself true. And my hope is always going to be on him. And hope maketh not ashamed, which means when I place my hope and trust in God, I shall not be ashamed. Amen? Amen. When you put your hope and trust in man and hope and trust in the enemy, you will be put to shame. Amen? Your head will be hanging low. But when you put your trust in God, when you look up to the hills where it comes your help, right? That's what you stand on and you know that you shall not be ashamed. The scripture says, because the love of God is shed abroad, in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Holy Ghost, that love of God shed abroad in our hearts. So we walk around and we're looking at these people in the world doing certain things that don't have the Holy Ghost, which means the love of God is not in their hearts. So when we see them warring against one another, when we see the corruption, we shouldn't be surprised. Because the love is not in them. They don't have the, the Holy Ghost. Amen? That's the importance. When you get that gift of salvation, you get to be the beloved. You get to be the son and daughter of God. You get to have that divine nature. You get to be justified. Amen? And now, as a believer, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We know that darkness and light cannot occupy the same space, right? So if you fill with darkness and evil and wickedness, the Holy Spirit is not in you. Amen? Amen? But when you receive that gift of salvation, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit, you welcome him in through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
that now on, not only have you received the gift, the gift is dwelling inside of you. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That gives you power. That gives you authority and that gives you his divine nature. Wow. So now 1 John, 1 John 4, 12 and 13. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. So how do you know that someone is filled with the Holy Ghost? It says his love, how we love one another. That's the showing that divine nature is inside of us. And he's perfecting it in us, right? That means he's maturing it in us so that we're able to love those that despitefully use us, right? We're able to love those that rub us the wrong way. We're no longer operating in the world standard according to the flesh that when they do something, we pop off on them, right? right. We have a divine nature now. I'm still going to love them. Imagine if Jesus reacted to everything that we did. Oh, my God. Would he still love us? My goodness. All of the things that we do down here. So when a person also becomes saved, they become an heir of God. Now, God, the creator of heaven and earth, is your father. And everything that belongs to your father is coming down to you. You have the inheritance of your father. You are an heir to the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? After hearing all this, who would not want to be the beloved, a child of God? to experience and walk in his divine nature, to be justified, to have the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, and now to be an heir to God. Romans 8, 16 and 17. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be, that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen? Amen? So those little things that we're going through down here mean nothing in comparison to our inheritance. And it doesn't mean that you have to die in order to be happy, right? right. It doesn't mean you have to die in order to experience the glory of God. You can bring the glory down here. Amen. Amen. You can worship and bring his presence in. Through obedience, you have the indwelling all the time with you. Hallelujah. So now, number six, the believer also enjoys the constant protection of God. You see people in the world that get involved in different gangs because they want that protection. We got the best gang leader ever. Amen. God Almighty always got our back. He is watching out for us. Second Samuel 22, 3 and 4. The God of the God of my rock. 
in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. This world is full of violence. So who's going to save us? God. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. That's who you call on. So you got to receive this gift. Out of all the wonderful presents that you received yesterday for Christmas, did you get the gift of salvation? Amen? What does that entail? We're going over and over again. That means you are now the beloved. You are now a son and daughter, a child of God. You are now walking in his divine nature. You are now justified. You now have the ability to have his Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you. You are now an heir to God and you have his protection 24-7. Wow. How many? Raise your hand where you at. Is that an awesome gift or what? That's out of sight right there. Eh? Priceless. No way to get it. That's better than Xbox, Nintendo, and everything else. The gift of salvation. So now, what must we do? What must we do? Philippians 2, 5 and 13 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross humbled himself. We need to be servants and we need to be obedient unto the death of our flesh so that the spirit man can take ascendancy. Amen. We want our spirit man, the divine nature of God to be in control in our lives. Amen. Amen. Verse 9, wherefore God has also exalted him and given him a name which is above every name my God, that's why I love the name of Jesus, my Lord. I don't pray to Muhammad. I don't pray to Buddha. I don't pray to nobody but God in the name of Jesus. That's what it tells us to do. Amen. According to scripture, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Because he's given him that name that is above every name. Hallelujah. And what does it say in verse 10? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. Wherefore, oh, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. To the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have also obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Much more in his absence. We know who was speaking during this time, but we're talking about in terms of Jesus. Jesus is no longer with us physically. Amen. Amen. But in the absence of that physical body, the Holy Spirit is still here. 
we need to still be walking in obedience to God. Amen? Hallelujah. And it says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? We know that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that fear and trembling is talking about that reverence and respect for God, knowing that he holds your future. Amen? That he has the final say of whether you spend eternity in hell or in heaven. Amen? Being, acknowledging that fact, that reverence and respect that I know I better do right because my God, he is the Alpha and Omega. Amen? The beginning and the end. So when I leave this earthly vessel, amen, and my eyes open up in the spirit realm, I'm going to have to answer to him. Him alone. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You better obey him. You better get this gift of salvation. Hallelujah. So now we have, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. My God. And the Holy Spirit led me to these three questions. We know that we want to hear God tell us, well done, right? Thy good and faithful servant. But think about these three questions that you will be asked. Amen. This is by the Holy Spirit this morning. Did you like the gift I gave you, my Lord? How did you use it? And what did you do with your gift? Are you ready to answer those questions? Amen. From God, when you stand before him. Did you like the gift of salvation that I gave you? Did you appreciate it? Did you reject it? Did you take it for granted? Is that something? What did you use it for? When you became saved, when you accepted me as your Lord and Savior, what changed about you? How did you use that gift? What did you do with it? Who did you impact with the gift of salvation? Matthew 12, 43 and 45 says, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. My Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Then he said, excuse me, verse 45, then go up he and take it with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than that of the first. Even so it shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Now, the reason why the Lord had me to tell you about all the wonderfulness of that gift of salvation, he wanted you to understand this point here. And he's making a demand on the church of God and the fivefold ministry gifts that we can no longer just stop at saving people. Amen. You have people coming in to the house of God or just coming up to us. And we're ministering salvation to them. And that's it. You're saved now. Amen. 
This is what the Holy Spirit pointed out. He said, if you are not teaching them how to go past just the gift and begin to cultivate their gifts and their talents and begin to walk out their salvation with fear and trembling, you're setting them up for that scripture of the unclean spirit returning. Amen? Excuse me. So what he said is now is the time that we're going to have to not only preach salvation, but to train and nurture the people. Amen? Amen. You don't just tell somebody, okay, now everything in your life is wonderful, you're saved. No. Now what's the next step? How do I get delivered from the flesh? How do I have, how do I walk in the nature of God now? How do I develop that divine nature? Amen. That's important. So if you're just saving people and ministering salvation, this is the, the analogy. Because God always speaks in analogies to me. He said it's like kicking out your old boyfriend who has the keys to your house and you never change the lock. So what does that mean? You kick him out. You're saved now. You say, devil, I don't want to be with you no more, right? You kick him out, but you got the same old lock, and he got the key. So he's coming back. And when he comes back, he knows how to get back in because you have not changed the lock. So guess what? God is telling the pastors and the, the people of God, begin to tell people how to change the lock on the door now. Now that they've accepted Christ, now that they're saved again, they need a locksmith to change the lock. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. My Lord. So I got this key as to represent the key. This is God's key, right? That means the enemy's key don't work no more on you. He can't come back to you with that same old garbage no more and get in. He can't trigger you like he used to. So on the back of it, it says, do not duplicate. How many of you have seen keys like that before? It says, do not duplicate. It doesn't mean that you can't copy the key, but you have to be authorized to copy it, right? So that means whoever has this key got it from who? The manufacturer, God. God has to give you permission to walk with this key. This is the only key should, that should be unlocking you now. Once you become saved again, amen? God's key. So you know that the person has coming from God when they have this key. That means back to that analogy with the boyfriend. After you kick him out and he he hears you playing the same old music, right? You you acting the same. He's like, yo, man, she she still love me. I can go back there, you know. And when he comes back, what is he going to find? Someone that's just accepted Christ, but has not really changed. So you can come right back in. We got to train people. We got to teach them how do I develop in God now. Now that I'm saved, what am I supposed to do? And it's not all about changing your clothes. Amen. We got to get past that. Because the analogy that the Lord showed me was, say you got a house, you kick them out your house, and then you paint the door. Real pretty, but the same lock is there. The door looked different, 
but I can still get in because that lock, that lock is still exactly the same. Get past that dressing thing. We got to start telling people, how do I renew my mind? How do I change my heart? How do I exchange my heart, right? Give up that stony heart and receive a heart of God. How do I walk in that love? How do I develop that? How do I stop lusting after the things of the world? Amen? Because when we're tempted, we're drawn out into our own lusts. The enemy knows exactly how to tickle our fancy. Amen? What you like, he's going to dangle it until you tell him, no, now I desire what God desires. Amen? God has now given me the desires of my heart. My Lord. So I am ending with this particular scripture that the Lord gave. Romans 12, excuse me, verses 1 and 2. He broke it down into presentation, separation, transformation, and demonstration. So that scripture for presentations, we are to present our bodies to God. As a living sacrifice. Amen. A living sacrifice. We're not dead. But we have decided. To walk different. Amen. We have decided to talk different. And to love different. Separation. We are to avoid. Conforming to the world's ways. Amen. That's a conscious decision. You have to decide. I am no longer going to conform to this world system. I choose God's way. Transformation. We are to renew our minds and therefore change our lives, right? We're renewing our minds with the scriptures, with the word of God. You got to read, pray, study, meditate. Amen? That's how you renew this thing. And demonstration, we are to prove we belong to God by doing his will. That's how we prove what is that acceptable and perfect will of God. What are you doing? So this pastor that I mentioned earlier, he said he made up this equation that I thought was so wonderful. Demonstration plus proclamation equals credibility. I'm going to hold it up for you to see it. You see that? And this is the last thing that the Holy Spirit said to tell you. Some of us have gotten the proclamation part down pat, but no demonstration. No demonstration, just talk. And so since elementary school, we have been taught to memorize things, right? In English class, what is that? Memorize your vocabulary words. We're going to have a test tomorrow, right? So we train ourselves from early to memorize stuff. So you, you, you get a word. You find the definition. You know it down pat, that proclamation. But now, what's the next thing they tell you? Use it correctly in a sentence. 
So just knowing the definition doesn't mean you're able to use it correctly in the sentence. Amen? So how does that apply to this word, to the gift of salvation? God says, many people have memorized the scriptures, but do not know how to apply them correctly in their lives. They know the scripture, they've memorized it, but how do you use it? Like that vocabulary word, how do you use it in a sentence? That scripture, how do you use it in your life? How do you walk out that scripture? You just know to quote it. We can all memorize, we can all proclaim, but not all can demonstrate. The proof is in your demonstration, amen? How are you living? How are you talking? You could do this all day, but if your life is not lining up with it, you're not credible. You're not a credible witness for Christ if your life is raggedy and you talk in a bunch of stuff. Talking good, memorizing and putting out scriptures here and there, and you ain't living not one of them. Amen? Amen. So with that, I am closing, and I'm going to say, in all, excuse me, all the gift giving that you received yesterday, please include the gift of salvation. That's the gift that we want. If you just join, the gift of salvation means that you become beloved, you become a child of God. You take on the divine nature of God. You become justified. You have the ability to have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. You have the protection of God and you become an heir of God. Amen. Amen. Get the gift of salvation. Hallelujah. And remember, don't just proclaim the word demonstrate the word in your life. Amen? Amen? Go with God and I pray that word blessed you and don't let nobody in without the key they got from God. Change the locks on your door. Change them in the name of Jesus. And now you're going to have an opportunity because we have someone coming right now to give you a, a wonderful opportunity to accept this gift of salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. In the interest of getting people where they need to go spiritually, here is the scriptures of salvation. It's in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's the first step. God bless.